It was a, uh, it was just a rough night all the way around last night, Josh. A rough night all the way around. Boss Hog, my beloved rooster, kind of the co-star of the show whenever we're live, got attacked. Oh, no. What happened? That's still up for debate. Is he okay? No, he. I get to go chop his head off after the show, so oh, we got that going for us. No. I'm not made for this life, Josh. I'm just going to let you know right now. We don't know if he either- Boss can, isn't going to make it? No, it doesn't look like it. Oh, he man. either fell in with the dogs or was being the boss hog that he thinks he is and just jumped into the backyard. And you don't mess with Tater, man. Our French bulldog has broken the cat's leg. He got one of our chickens, and now I think he, I think he got boss hog. He got the which, boss. Which, again, I kind of think everyone in the neighborhood's pretty happy about this right now. As you could tell from listening to the show when we would be uh, live from our Goldsby, Washington studio. So that was strike one. Man. Yeah, I know. Rough night. Rough day ahead for me. I'm sorry. If we want to add another two hours to the show today, I don't want to go home. All right, so that's number Number two, we got smoked in Waco. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But good news. Good news, Josh. We got Bryce Magic coming up on the show today at 1130. How about that? Now, Pretty exciting. I- I'm not quite taking it personal yet but one trip for bay uh, for softball sticking with diamond sports here four and oh on the weekend pretty good start had a few vocal issues on saturday but we fought through it but now i i can't get coach gasso on the show should i be taking this personally or should i yell at thomas for not making this happen your choice well, I think I'll take it personally because I don't want to yell sure. at Thomas. I, I probably you shouldn't, but feel free to this morning. It's Co- I think you've earned it. College football, we've got a lot to get to today. The the TV, I, I guess the TV deal is done for the playoffs because seven point eight billion, right? Right, and then <laughs> then I had people say, "Well, I expected more." It's like seven point eight. Let me say it again: seven point eight. Billion from an entity that is bleeding money, and and then I over six years, over right? six years, yeah. I don't know. I'm not really good at math, Josh. I've struggled with it in my life, but that to me sounds like I don't know around a billion dollars a year for let's see, twelve team playoffs. That'd be three extra games, right? Uh, no, no. I guess it'd be four extra games, right? I don't know. I just when I saw the number, I thought, "Wow, that's pretty good." One point three billion per. Pretty good. Uh, so we'll get to that. There has been, uh, and I don't know if it's just because Josh that Chip Kelly left UCLA, but Pat Forty yesterday shined a spotlight on the 2018 class of coaching hires. And you want to talk about a universal ouch, oops, or wow. We'll get to that coming up later on in the program. And then in that, we'll ask the question, is the coaching carousel over? Is there is there any more shoes to drop? I think we can say it's over. Now, there might be assistants here and there, staff members here and there. The major. The tectonic. Ma- the major. Tectonic moves. Moving. 
massive shift over, we think. <laughs> Didn't Bob Stoops retire in June? <laughs> but I'm just saying, for what we feel like now, it's over. And then speaking of college football and then thinking about it from a draft perspective, Drake Stoops talked a little bit about his draft path. So we'll get to all that coming up on a busy edition of the Plank Show. Did, did I mention Bryce Madgen at 1130 this morning? Looking forward to it. But you know where we got to start. You know where we got to start. We got to start with what happened last night in Waco. Thoughts? <laughs> Well, I guess just that's 405-651-3439. Thoughts? I mean, obviously, not a great performance. Got off to a, a poor start in the first half. Defensively, you know, 54, 55% shooting for Baylor. 52% from three-point range. That's an area where OU's been really good. Yep. And uh, and they got bit last night. They, they got burned. Jaden Nunn uh, torched them alongside uh, others from beyond the arc so just defensively not not good enough and uh that's not a recipe to win in this league against a very good Baylor team on the road and this is oh I don't know if it's just dumb luck or some sort of trend but there's always someone that seems to catch an inordinate amount of fire against Oklahoma Texas Tech and Baylor especially have uh it's like where did this guy come from? Found somebody that just went off. It's six of nine for none from three. I at least have to dig and hope that he had another game like that at some point during the year. We quickly had our question answered, Josh, about the little Easter egg that Toby dropped at the end of the crossover yesterday. The question, uh, our, what, what did T. Rowe say? They'll have to overcome some adversity tonight. And immediately it was probably the adversity was that John Hewley was going to be out. Right. It it's doesn't sound – it doesn't sound too terrible. It sounds like he just battled through something bug-wise. But the Voldo thing is a little bit concerning going forward, especially with the role that he's played. On sure. this team. Uh, he's been uh, – What what did he finish with last night? Uh, he had uh, 17 oh points. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize he had that many points. Yeah, it was five of six uh, from the floor, two of three from three. Yeah, he's been a big-time bench piece for OU. I hate with a passion what I'm about to do. I hate it. Because – I am by no means an X and O guy when it comes to basketball. (laughs) But it is very, very frustrating whenever you just see an offense that seems content with moving the ball around the perimeter instead of attacking. And when they attacked, give Baylor credit, they did a good job on collapsing, but at least it created some things for Oklahoma. But I just – I heard a text whenever we were coming in and they said, you know, you watch certain NBA games and teams are slashing like crazy. Well, NBA teams don't face a lot of zone defenses, number one. That's true. And But, but number two, I just – I felt like they looked lost. I felt like they looked lost offensively. And 
they got some good shots. But I also, in that same line of thinking, when you seem to be that stuck, movement, motion, just nothing happening for you, no one able to get open, you better catch fire from three if you're going to win a basketball game. And that just was not the case last night for Oklahoma. So it's it, it stunk. But, okay, you want to do the compliment sandwich here? The glass half full, glass half empty? Absolutely. Compliment sandwich. Say something good, then you get to the heart of the concern, and then you finish it with something good. Although some have questioned whether or not the compliment sandwich should be the negatives on the outside and the compliment on the inside, regardless, you choose. I'm going with the two positives. Or at the very least, when first, Oklahoma needed a win. They needed to go to Baylor and win. But Baylor desperately needed a win. Desperately needed a win. And they looked like a team that desperately needed a win. They had not played well in their loss to Kansas. Granted, it was in Allen Fieldhouse. Honestly, they, they really hadn't played all that well in the Tech game. And they came out and they played incredibly well last night. They were as good as I've seen Baylor look. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've watched every single Baylor basketball game this year because I haven't. But of the games that I've watched, that's about as good as they've looked. And I still – is that right? They average 82 points per game. They still came in under their average. But as far as Big 12 play is concerned – that's about as good as I've seen them look. All right, here's the here's the meaty part. Oklahoma has got to find a way to overcome when they're just not hitting shots. They have, and, and, and I guess maybe in that too, Josh, they've got to get off to better starts. They have got to come out of the gates better. Close to the first half was a big problem last night. Oh, oh, I thought they had finally middle eight, Josh. What do we talk about in football? Middle eight. Yep. Last four of the first, first four of the second. <laughs> I don't know if that applies in basketball, but last night, yeah, it applied in that game. So how you fix that, I don't know. You know, it's maybe it's as simple as, yeah, hit a shot. <laughs> or maybe it's as just uh, as reality as you better make sure you're you're Ding up and you're getting boards when you're not hitting said shots. That's and then for as much grief as John Hewley takes at times, boy, they really miss his they really missed him last night. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win the game if he's there, but just having that presence. And, you know, I I think I think there's a future out there for Luke Nor- Northweather. And I know some of you, George, decided that it was okay to go ahead and just play him the rest of the year over Hugh Lee and, and Sam Godwin. We quickly found out last night that ain't it. But I'll add, I'll add, Sam Godwin needs help. 
Now, he's, this is his last year, so it'll be a whole new front court by the time that he's gone. But when you're two, and I guess you could throw, when you don't have a starter that scores in double figures, you're not going to win basketball games. It's that simple. Especially not on the road at Baylor. Oh, these numbers, man. But you're probably right. I mean, just about anywhere you're not going to win. Is that real? The Sooners really out-rebounded Baylor last night? <laughs> that just doesn't seem right. I think you guys need to go back and redo your stats. Anyway. Well, when you make shots, you don't have to <laughs> rebound as many on the offensive end. So, that's a lot of meat to the compliment sandwich. Let's get the... Let's get the other part of it. John Healy didn't play. We'll see how things work out with the Voldo injury, Voldo Sora's injury. He looked he looked like the guy who who was ready to attack last night. Oh, he was the best player, and you can make an argument. Uh, he's been that for a good stretch of time can I, for OU. Can I tell you what made me madder than anything last night? what really shouldn't have but literally sent me into a rage when they bring that scrub in off the bench and he makes a three. I know. Terrible way to label a person. Austin Sachs could probably start for the University of Tulsa, so get all your jokes in. But when he gets in, Baylor fans, are they're just nerds, man. And whenever he hits the three, you're just like – Really? Really? That kind of night, that, huh? That's, that's just the cherry on top of the bleeping Sunday. Tough night, man. And uh, now you get Kansas. Hey, good news, though. At least you don't have an angry Kansas team coming in that just lost by 30. I, what is it with KU? I mean, can they just not take care of business before playing OU? Do we know if McCullers is going to play this weekend? I, I, no, I don't, but probably go ahead and bank on he is, I guess. Which random Kansas player is going to go off for 30 here this weekend that we've never heard of before? Well, let me take a peek at the roster. I'll try and pick a name out for you. Wait, I'm surprised with the way things were going last night that Sachs didn't come off the bench and hit like five threes. Where has this dude been all year long? Let's hope that uh, OU has a nice response. The LNC will be a, a great environment. And Kansas has struggled away from Allen Fieldhouse, which uh, – Let's hope that continues. <laughs> do, you, do you want to know when the last time none scored 20 points? I don't know that I do. It was November. <laughs> he uh, scored more points last night than he had in his previous two games combined. He made more threes last night than he had all season long. Had a night. I, it might have been the best game of his career. Unfortunately, uh, let him get comfortable, and it it just snowballed on you. You know, and that's one thing. Oklahoma has been really good. I think they've been great defending the three point line. I and I did did the stat live last night? Baylor hit eleven threes, so no, because Oklahoma hadn't allowed ten or more threes in a game. Gosh, almost the entire Porter era. But. A, a lot of times what made them so good is that there'd be a hand in the face, right? There's somebody there. There was way too many uncontested Clean shots. looks. Yeah. Clean looks, Josh Elmer. 
just frustrating. I hate it. I hate it for Porter because I think Porter's the guy. I really, truly do. And it's just you're playing in the toughest basketball conference on the planet right now, right? And it's, Captain Obvious, not going to get any easier. The problem is, you know, Oklahoma hasn't always responded well after a loss. You know, the 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 loss to TCU on the road was followed up with a loss to Kansas. They actually played well in that first half. Which they did. The loss to Texas followed up with a loss to Tech. Now, they played really well against BYU after the loss to UCF. So maybe maybe that's a sign. Drum up, drum up that type of energy. Three o'clock Saturday. Now it, it better be a desperate OU team. Play like your hair's on fire. Yeah, I think it will be. I hope it will be. On Friday's show, we're going to have uh, it's gonna be a big basketball show. We're gonna have a special tribute to Billy Tubbs. And it's Billy Tubbs Day as we as we dive into the final home Big 8 slash Big 12 game against Kansas. We will celebrate the legacy of one of the all-time greats, Billy Tubbs, on the show Friday. So join us throughout our program. I think Steelman's in on it. I think Toby's in on it. Uh, we're going to have guests. Tommy Tubbs is going to be here. I think he's going to spend a majority of the day with us. So if you need those positive basketball vibes – Heading into this weekend. We're going to find them, baby. We're going to find them on Friday. I saw college football when we come back. We'll get your text, too. It's a plank show right here on the Home Sooner Fans. Do you know, we had a we had a pretty major story last night that affected the Sooner Nation in football that kind of slid under the radar. We'll talk about it in exactly five minutes from now. I'm setting the timer, Josh. Five. So if you're going somewhere... Hold on. Let me. Where is my timer? I'll even. I'll even set the alarm here so that you guys will hear. Five minutes from my mark. All right. It's big, and I, nobody's talking about it. Okay. It just. It was one of those when I saw it. I, I wonder if I saw it. I think you did. Shouts out to Red Dirt Sports. But well, I'll get to it coming up in a bit. Thank you, Luann. Luann is Red Dirt Sports. I, I knew it. I knew it all along. <laughs> the alias. <laughs> no, she brought me my cop. Uh, all right, but I want to hit some of these texts in the game last night so we can, I don't know, college basketball sucks in that it's such a quick turnaround, and it's also great in that it's such a quick turnaround <laughs> because after a night like last night, all you want to do is get, get back to work. Let's, let's get back to work. Make amends. Uh, oh, I didn't change the Waffler's name on this. But he writes, The stat has been skewed by bad shooting, as I said in the Kansas State game. Our perimeter three defense is crap. We are an average team in a really good league, and it shows. Well, we have waffled. <laughs> wow, we've waffled way back the other way, man. <laughs> uh, Curtis B. writes, Big John, John Hewley is our best player against the zone because he can pass out of the zone. He can also step back and hit a three. So John not being there was really a big deal. That's a good point, yeah. He, he definitely is good in that high post area as a passer. But, look, you know, I, I don't know that they – they definitely didn't entirely lose the game because he was out. 
it, it factored in and wasn't helpful, but uh, OU's inability to defend was uh, its biggest kryptonite. Allen writes, talking about OU getting off to a better start has had me thinking the last couple of weeks that Soares should be in the starting lineup over Owe. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, and, you know, I think, I think Porter really wants Los, Milos, Yuzan, and Otega Owe to be in the starting lineup. I, I think that's important from a foundational piece. But it's not. I mean, Owe didn't play all uh, minus fifteen. Okay, so uh, Otega Owe had a little bit of a rough night. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Milos was minus twenty six. Ugh. Good, good point, Alan. I, I don't. Jalen was minus nine. Javian minus eight. I mean, everybody was in the minus. We've got to make sure that Rivaldo Soares is healthy first, right? We, we don't know how serious this injury truly is. And I still, I haven't seen the thing. I, I feel like I see it because TJ reenacted it for me. But I was listening on the radio at that point, and uh, Toby did an excellent job calling it. It's just you want to see with thine eyes. Softball St- Steve. S- Steve is in all caps today, so that means he's super mad. See? OU lets a bencher hit a three. Who was in his face? Hell, foul him. Make him earn it at the line. What a joke. Actually, in fairness, it was there was a dude in his face. He actually made a pretty good shot. <laughs> he actually made a pretty good shot because... Well, he he kind of fumbled the ball and then what steps back. It was just, it was one of those games to where, ah, oh, geez, where's my play-by-play at? What was the run that cut it to like six? Is that near the end of the first half? And then just, it might have been closer than that. It might have been like what a four-point game. Yeah, yeah, it was six forty-eight. It was tied. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to go in the first half. And then just you saying hit that three. Just kind of the bottom fell out. That. That point forward from the 648 mark uh, when it was tied after right. the Uzan three, Nunn goes right down, hits a three. Boom. Uh, offensive rebound, next possession for Baylor. Nunn hits a three. <sighs> they uh, get the Bridges three off the Nunn steal and turnover fast break. <laughs> and just like that, it's it's back out to a nine-point margin. And oh, by the way, you look up, and at halftime it's a 13-point edge. And then the, the three minutes or couple of minutes to start the second half, all of a sudden you look up, it's an 18-point deficit. Ballooned on you quick. I think I like this guy. I think I like this guy. Last text on basketball. Man, you guys are glass half full. We'll be fine. All right. I like this guy. I like this guy. Good questions all the way around. I'm going back on the history. I might – I might dub this man the eternal optimist. Glass half full. Oh, boom. Sir, you are now glass half full. That's a cool cool name for you. But I I think he's got it wrong. I think he's accusing us of being glass half empty. Oh. That's Is that me? T- that's me. Oh, that's sorry. My, that's my five-minute timer to get to college football. <laughs> okay. Boy, that sent me into fight or flight in a hurry. I, had a, I was listening to a podcast last night. I was listening to... Connor, uh, Conrad Thompson and, and Jim Ross. And I, I, I'm sorry, I, I had listened to it and I was listening to him and Bruce. And Conrad, or Connie, as JR calls him, had a phone that just kept dinging. And every time it would ding, I'd be like, 
So last night in Austin, Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte had some sort of town hall event where they talked about the future of the facilities, the future of parking, future in the SEC, the future in the college sports landscape for Texas, right? I mean, that's basically invite uh, donors and such out, right? Supporters. Correct. Correct. He did a Q&A. Are we going to play A&M each year? Now, let's take a moment and realize, as it stands right now, we're playing an eight-game conference schedule, which means if you're rotating correctly, that's one common opponent, Every single year. You have one permanent. One, did I say common? I'm sorry. Permanent opponent every single year. Every single year. Chris Del Conte. Texas will play Texas A&M annually in football, and his hope is to move it back to the Thursday of Thanksgiving week. What? It. Two things, right? Okay. Two things. Maybe there is an agreement in place where OU and Texas are cemented every year in football. Better be. And even if, even if, God, hear me out for a second, even if A&M is the conference game, Oklahoma would be the non-conference game if, if we stayed eight. I'm just, and, and it, could, it could waffle between the two. But this, to me, has to indicate the SEC is going to a nine-game schedule, sure. right? They've gotten the assurances they want from ESPN that more cash is going to be thrown their way to play the ninth game, which makes sense for all parties. Yeah. It's a- easier absolutely. on scheduling. It uh, gets everybody paid more. And ESPN, well, you're going to get paid more, too, because there's more inventory and there's more advertising to sell. So, it always made the most sense to get to nine, mm-hmm. and yet, if you're the SEC, you don't just say, "Okay, here's our leverage; you you take it." Right? Right. You don't just play nine because uh, you're going to get paid the same. Okay, so then my initial concern of well, what, hold up they're, here, they're not giving up the OU Texas okay. game. They, they can't be. I'm just making sure. I'm I just don't making sure. I don't think the SEC would want them to. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. It's too lucrative of a game for really everybody involved. And A&M is too, right? Okay. I mean, that, that game, you want that played. But uh, you're not giving up OU Texas. Okay. I, I, I don't think you are either. But when I saw that, I went into a little fight or flight. No, I, I, I'm not even kidding, dude. I was like, wait a minute here. Now, again, let, let's, let's live in a world where the eight-game Conference schedule is how we how we stay. Is how we stay. You can still play Texas every single year. You can still play Texas every single year, right? OU and Texas played every single year, and it was non-conference for eons. And maybe in this instance, it also helps Del Conte and Joe C, where they don't have to go out and fight and scratch and claw to find that fourth non-conference game. But I think you and I are living in the same world, right? We, we're seeing this go to nine. I think it's a, a pretty 
strong indication that, yes, it, it could be headed that direction. Whoa. It seemed, seemed like you had a little doubt there. Because I'm a big fan of the Well, you, you've talked me into the idea that maybe maybe they would play it as a non-conference okay. game. Okay, all right, okay. That that could be a possibility. I, I don't think there's a situation where they're not playing OU Texas. Okay. I didn't you, think I mean, so. it's, it's no, 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 no. money involved, and both sides want it. There's too much tradition and pageantry. Texas wants the game. OU wants the game. They're going to play that game. Now, right. is it in an eight-game conference format? Is it a nine-game league schedule? Is it uh, if you have to play it as a non-con game, do you do it that way? The game has to get played. Just making sure. Making sure we're all good. There was a, there was a little bit more from Del Conte, but not about – not about anything that I think most of us would be like, oh, that's interesting. Do you? Here's the other part of this. Do you take that at face value? That they're playing A&M every year? Has that actually been decided? Or is that... Is that him placating to the, the fans that are there? The audience that is there and applying a little bit of public pressure? Probably so. Probably so. There's a lot of interesting things that came out of this. I just saw I saw that uh, because Red Dirt retweeted it, and or Lance Avery. I'm sorry. I, I want to make sure I give proper credit to my favorite uh, Red Dirt Sport. Red Dirt Sport. My favorite accounts that give great information, but nobody knows who they are. Do you like covered wagons? Do you like covered wagons? And some other tomfoolery. But for instance, they talked about Texas is going to have grass fields in 2026 they're getting rid of the turf um but it's not gonna be anytime soon for the baseball stadium their new campaign heading into the sec is texas lives here uh del conte was asked if texas will play any big 12 teams in football going forward del conte said it depends on if the sec plays an eight or nine game league schedule Adding it might come down to if any Big 12 schools would be willing to play only in Austin. Del Conte said, I'm sorry, we uh, we don't deal with the poor. <laughs> Which is still so funny to me. And I'm, so, I'm not trying to pick on Texas Tech fans just because we never hear from Tech Teen anymore. But it is kind of funny how Tech was like, Yo, get on out of here. You get on out of here, stupid Texas. And then all of a sudden their athletic director is like, but please still keep playing us. Please, play us home. Please. Uh, asked if Texas will have more night games in September in the SEC. Del Conte said there will be some early games, but I don't think it will be a steady diet of early games. In the SEC, there's a lot more night game windows. So, yeah, there you go. Oh, they also talked about building what they called a mini Moody, which would be like a 5,000-seat arena to where they could put – because I guess, I guess Texas doesn't control Gregory Jim. They don't own or operate it. Quote, and there's so many things we could do better in terms of concessions and anything else. Ooh. With a mini Moody. Mini Moody. Kind of like what do we have in McCaslin, our mini LNC. So I saw that last night. It's an interesting development for sure. Caught my eye because if we're staying at eight, then something got to give. So, something's got to give on that front. Or, or Chris, uh, Chris Del Conte is a, he's a liar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, it is uh, nine forty. It's the Plank Show on a very busy Wednesday. 
Bryce Madrin coming up at 11.30 right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Any uh, Valentine's Day plans, Josh? Not until tomorrow. We, uh, we do have dinner tomorrow. I've got uh, a couple of coaching shows tonight, so. That's I, nice. I could not convince uh, Amanda that, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock Valentine's Day dinner was a, a good idea. It's really, I, I think most people would agree with this. My, uh, I've got a, I've got a nine-year-old. Valentine's Day is such, is such a big deal to her, man. Such a big deal. So. With, uh, with. Daughters, it's probably pretty special, oh, dude. It is. But um, did you uh, get your shopping done? And I forgot it was Valentine's Day. <laughs> I, uh, I, I knew that I, I need to do a little bit of shopping too. But I, got, I, I knew today was Valentine's Day. I got really, really lucky. We had lunch yesterday, and I got the. Uh, I've got to go get the girls' Valentine stuff. I was like, oh, for next week? And I got a death stare. And I was like, okay. Oh, you mean for tomorrow? On it. Um, so happy Valentine's Day, or as I like to call it, happy holiday that was created for women that didn't get what they want for Christmas. There's a lot that we need to get to on the show. Uh, yeah, move quickly. What? You don't like that explanation of it? No, I, 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 I'm a fan. Coy. Uh, a lot of good stuff. So if, if you missed last segment, we were talking about the Chris Del Conte, I don't know what, town hall, whatever you want to describe it as, where he was asked if they would play if they would play Texas A&M. A&M thank you. Every single year. And he he said yes. And in, a, in an eight-game schedule, it's like, whoa, wait a minute here. What are we doing? Um, Coy. Coy writes, well, I mean, on the OU Texas conversation, we also got to remember they both recently just agreed to a new contract to keep it in the Cotton Bowl through 2036. Maybe, I don't think OU Texas is not ever going to be played. I just, I want to make that very clear. Like they, I'm not coming on trying to play fear factor for the future of OU Texas. That's not my point. It's just, it's one of two or three things then that's happening. One, we're going to a nine game schedule in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Two, OU and, and Texas might be a non-conference game. You know, that, that's the only other thing I can come up with if they stay at eight. I don't know what the 31 was. Or, or you're reworking the, the schedule the way you do it. Or yeah. you're rework, reworking the schedule the way you do it. Yeah, for for Texas, uh, anyways, I mean, maybe you don't play everybody every every other year. That, that could be a possibility, too. Uh, somebody else said, yeah, you're probably not putting money in the Cotton Bowl if you're not going to keep playing it. It's a good point. Uh, yeah, I liked this from LG Sooner, who had uh, sort of a different take on things. SEC going to a, going to a nine game conference schedule behind closed doors could it have been another reason that's helped Saban retire? Oh, he was openly against it, dude. He did fight against the nine game schedule, Be, and and he flopped. He flip flopped on it, right? Because originally, originally, he was all for it. He's like, nine-game schedule. And then all of a sudden, someone's like, bro, I don't think that's what you want. Or something happened. I don't know what it was. And he changed his mind. The athletic director was like, listen. Listen, dude. <laughs> um, I love you, Nick. You're the GOAT. But we don't want a nine-game schedule. Well, one more quick one here. I, I like the one. Oh, hit the one from Guy real quick. 
A guy from parts unknown. I brought this up before, the problem for OU and Texas. In the year you have four home games and five road games, if Texas is one of those four home games, OU only has three games in Norman. Likewise for Texas. I hear people say it's a neutral site. To the rest of the league, eh, no, it's not. It's your home game played at a neutral site, and that's on you. Here, here is um, – Sean has a – I always joked whenever I was in – whenever I was in college, we had a – we had a fraternity brother. His name was Stuart Tobman. <laughs> yeah. And every single time he had a question, he wouldn't just say, hey. I, I, he would say, point of information, point of information. Sean has a good point of information here. Um, he writes, I like Del Conte's inference that it's his decision what network and what time OU versus Texas is played. <laughs> Well, that's actually a pretty good point, right? Point of information here. He don't really have any say in any of that. So, good luck, buddy. And then I really like this from K-Dub. Schedule question. If the SEC schedule stays eight, four home, four away, should slash can, oh, you request a road game before the Cotton Bowl the years they're only getting three conference home games. We only have two home games the last two months of the season because of this current setup, and that's pretty tough. Yeah, and honestly, whenever we were playing the what would the schedule look like game, what was that, last month or two months ago when the schedule came out, our concern was you were going to have a um, you, you were going to have some tough back-to-back road trips. Now, that didn't pan out, and it was spaced out beautifully. But you do get Alabama and LSU essentially in back-to-back weeks, which is – Yes, you do. Not good. That's I, challenging. I, and again, I just make this very clear. I don't think the inference was that it's not going to get played. I just found it fascinating that it was such a quick, oh, yeah, we're going to play A&M every single season. And what does that mean? And what does that mean going forward? All right, quick break. When we come back, there's big college football news beyond uh, what Chris Del Conte said last night. We'll hit it next. It involves the future of the playoffs right here on The Ref. I, I, I was scrolling back through on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I did want to point something out to my man, uh, the Broken Arrow Fat Boy. All of those edits about USC claiming Mahomes and I think even what the Oklahoma guys in the Super Bowl, they're fake. It's Tattoo Baker. So don't <laughs> – who is just brilliant. I mean, the man is freaking brilliant. If I could hire him, I would. If, if I could have a staff, do you know who my staff would be beyond you and I, Josh? Tattoo Baker. Tattoo Baker, Red Dirt Sports, and uh, Stoops Brothers. Yeah. Those oh, man, if we had that holy triumvirate. I, I, I've tried to hire at least one of the three. Nothing back yet. Apparently, they won't work for uh, – <laughs> they won't work for gift cards. I don't know why. What's going on? So here? frustrating. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the uh, <laughs> and it's very funny. That was so well played too because you it's so believable. Right. It's it said uh, it was the USC football and it said embrace the blood uh, bloodline and there was a picture of Cliff Kingsbury and Lincoln and cut from the same cloth. <laughs> so. It's okay. With Patrick Mahomes. With Patrick Mahomes. Sorry, I didn't include the other part. Mahomes is sitting there holding up the Super Bowl trophy. I forgot the – I started laughing so hard I forgot to actually sell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you right now. You people can go out and hire all of these journalism you people. You people. You people. You give me Redder Sports, Tattoo Baker, 
and Stoops Brothers, and I'll take over the world. I will take over the world. Did you? It would be an empire. Were you shocked at all by the TV deal for ESPN and the playoffs? Were you someone that thought it was going to be more? We still don't know what the playoffs are going to look like. We still don't know how many teams. Uh, no, I, I don't know that. Uh, I, I thought it was a big number. I did too. Who's the the Bob Thompson, the former Fox Sports executive? He was the one jumping on Twitter last night saying he expected it to be more. And you know, maybe that maybe there just wasn't as much competition as we thought. I mean, so basically, he thought ESPN got a good deal. Yeah, but I will tell you this much: these TV networks aren't printing money like they used to. It's just the reality of it. Okay, we, we got a break. We got a break. Got a little crude news we'll dive into next right here on The Ref.